0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. My name is Scott Chalinal and you join us on a rainy autumn day here in the capital as once again we bring together a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First and foremost on the programme this evening, I'm delighted to welcome Karen Cornacchia. Karen is the Managing Director at Lemet Limited, a world leader in manufacturing pyrotechnics and special effects for all the major rock and roll artists, theme parks, theatres, television and live events. Uh, Karen, very warm welcome to you today and thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you for
0: having me. It's a pleasure for us to welcome you onto the airwaves as well, Karen. The whole reason we are here is to discuss leadership and really bring that into focus. But rather than diving straight into that subject, I feel it's appropriate that we start with the ongoing COVID-19 situation, purely because it has proven to be one of the most significant challenges of our time for leaders within all walks of life. So how has it affected you and your operations, particularly on the live event side of things?
1: Well, it's completely decimated um, our industry, to be honest. It, it has closed the entertainment industry, as most people know, but that's globally. Um, so all theatres, um, theme parks, touring, the only thing probably that's going is TV, but they're not really using much special effects. Um, so it, it literally has shut it down entirely. We have been closed since um, the 13th of, of uh, March. Um, basically, we found out that uh, Disney were closing and Broadway was was shutting its doors, um, and we we followed suit the next day because we have four sites, um, two in the UK and two in America, um, and obviously we realised that business was literally going to stop overnight, which it which it basically did. So it's had a catastrophic effect on 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 our company and and our industry sector, you know, as a whole.
0: And even though in, say, one or two years' time, we may have a working vaccine and COVID-19 may no longer be an issue, do you think that the changes to the industry that are coming about as a result of the lockdown period could mean that there is some hangover in the sector for quite some time, given that consumer confidence might take time to come back, people might be travelling around less for still some years?
1: I think those factors will, will definitely play a part in it being very slow. But I think it's also that what, one of the big factors that will, will have a huge impact on the, on the industry as a whole is the fact that so many people will no longer be able to stay in this industry while they wait it out. Unfortunately, there are literally hundreds of thousands of jobs um, that people can't, they're not being able to fish their families right now. I mean, as soon as, as, soon as furlough ends, And some of those people have actually kind of fallen through the cracks of furlough anyway, those in-between jobs and freelancers. Um, They literally can't feed their families at this point. So they are having to go and find other jobs. And I think the biggest problem is that our industry is has been built on a huge amount of knowledge and expertise over the years. It takes a long time to learn the kind of trade that we're in. Um, So there's an awful lot of specialist knowledge that's going to be lost. Um, because eventually when finally this does come back, um, people will have had to have moved on. Um, And and I think that's going to have a a massive effect on on how this goes forward in the future. Those companies, I mean, we, we, as as you say, we've been going for 40 years. Um, You can imagine the kind of knowledge that you build up in such a niche business, Mm. where there are probably only a handful of people doing what we do over the years. Um, That will be lost eventually because you can only sustain this for so long when you have had no trade Mm. for six or seven months.
0: Exactly right. And this is where the government is having to step in to try and help industry where there are gaps. And have you found that you've been getting the support that you need or has it been a little bit more complicated than that?
1: I think it's been complicated, but I'm certainly not going to say the government haven't been supportive because whilst there, there may be lots of areas that people can argue about, they have. Helped um, industry during this this closure, um, but I think at the end of it, when that comes to an end, there is only so much um, that we can do with the company when you have no business. And of course, all the people that we sell to are basically in the entertainment industry. That's who, that's our client base. Um, so if there are no theaters and no touring and nothing happening. Um, you either need the, the continuing support um or you need something that takes its place mm. but i think the difficulty has been um is the fact that they're offering something now i, I think looking at it, it it pays something like a third um, of wages but that's still no help if you don't if the industry that you deal with mm. is literally closed so you've got no orders you still have to pay for your business to carry on there are still you know there are still outgoings every month so i don't think they're doing enough now um that's the truth by the time you know furlough I think it's okay for companies that have a certain amount of trade but if you shut an industry then you you obviously need to support it and and that hasn't happened in our in our business at all so I think we haven't Mm. had the kind of funding we need in the arts, in the manufacturing generally in entertainment anybody that falls within that sector is not getting ongoing support now and there will be hundreds of thousands of jobs going and many companies will fail for sure in the next few months.
0: Mm. It's certainly a troubling time for the uh, the industry um, over the uh, the next few months, and we'll certainly be keeping an eye on things um, here as well as to how things do transpire. Um, I can imagine that with all of the anxiety of job losses um, looming large, it's difficult as a leader to try and manage all of that because the importance of mental health and well-being has been thrust very much back into the limelight by this pandemic, and I can imagine that there's probably more concern than ever at this point in time, particularly in your sector
1: um I think there is for everyone to be honest with you, but yes there's there's more uncertainty in our sector um, but in terms of of leading I, I think it's almost impossible i mean I have been in this business for forty years, and i have i am naturally a decisive person who leads that that's it's especially in this particular type of industry because you need to be a troubleshooter you're constantly being thrown. Um, obstacles that you have to overcome, you have to find solutions, and that's what I do well. But it's very difficult to lead um, unencumbered when basically your authority has been taken away from you. You know, when you run your own business, your authority in terms of the people that you have working under you and making decisions—you can't make decisions if the government has said your industry is shut. That 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 leadership has just—it's been lost overnight. That's the problem. We're now trying to manage people, but without having the authority to say, okay, look, we're going to open and we're going to sell to this sector. That doesn't exist for us now. So it's it's a difficult position to be in. Mm.
0: And I can imagine it's probably been the most significant learning curve of all of your years in the industry, simply because there is so much uncertainty and you're having to think on your feet so much and just be reactive to changing guidelines and changing circumstances. It's so difficult to actually plan ahead and be proactive.
1: Absolutely. And I I think feeling out of control, which is the first time, honestly, in in my life in terms of my, uh, you know, my career, that I have not felt I've got control over what's going to happen. Because, you know, I think everyone who who runs a company, there's always a plan A, B and C. I mean, that's how you, you know, that's how you work. If this doesn't manage, you know, if it doesn't work out the way I want, then we go to this this plan. Um, but it's impossible to have a plan because it's changing every day. It's opening, then it's closing. You know, We had some hope a while ago when they said that they thought pantomimes were going to go ahead. Um, the theme parks were beginning to, you know, Disney was talking about opening. Um, all these areas were kind of, you know, were, were beginning to show some progress and we thought, well, this is great. But then the next thing is pantomimes aren't happening. I mean, I understand in England there's, there's protests today of um, lots of actors and and uh people in musicals taking to the streets in their costumes um but that's another thing that's a massive um that's a massive area where we we every year you know we supply all the theaters in england with pyrotechnics um that's gone so you know all these things it's, it's just it's it's like we don't have any however diverse you are everything that we we deal with even though we deal with um different countries they're all in the same predicament so it's not like you can say all right well this is going badly wrong here but we can go to that area they're all closed so you know as I say theme parks are one of the things that we deal with so if if for instance theaters were closed but theme parks were open we'd be in a good position but we're not because everything we deal with is closed so yeah it's it's, it's incredibly hard and incredibly hard to lead when you you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow And
0: it's out of our control, basically. It is. It's a catch-22 situation where you're having to lead and you're having to be a beacon of inspiration and hope for people, try and keep people motivated. And it's so difficult when the information that's out there isn't always clear and you just don't know what is uh, going to happen. So when you're faced with such a problem, and you are needing to find some inspiration when it seems as if the chips are down and everything is against you, where is it that you're tending to look to during this time to try and find some direction and some real motivation for yourself?
1: Um, Well, I'm naturally a positive person um, and I always believe that there are solutions um, to everything. Uh, It's finding that solution and it's trying to to overcome all the things in, in your way to get to that solution. But we are looking at, um, we are looking at our smoke machine side um, to assist um, in this COVID situation. We've been doing our own investigations and tests to try and come up with something that may assist. And we actually think we, we may have come up with something. Um, so that's something we're looking at. We don't know yet, but that's something we're trying to to do. I mean, that, that's the problem. These things are not a quick fix. Um, but anything that can assist in In these times, it's obviously going to be beneficial and that's what we're looking to. But if it doesn't come fast enough for us, then obviously, um, you know, the company may not survive. You know, we have to be realistic about this. It really depends on how long this goes on for and how much support we get from the government.
0: It is certainly going to be a challenging time in the uh, next few months and that is something that I do want to address just before we do wrap things up on the, uh, the programme, Karen, because we know that we're still going to be in this for the long haul yet by the look of things. But as we continue to grapple with this new normal and the industry continues to weather the impact of this, um, what is it that you're really hoping you can achieve over the next year and where do you see yourselves being in 12 months, even if the forecast is a little bit bleak?
1: Well, I think there is always going to be a place for what, we, um, for what we provide. And I think that people, when they come back online after having such a horrendous time um, in the last year, I think people will want entertainment again. That's a natural part of who we are and what we enjoy. And I think everybody feels that. Um, so I'm hopeful um, that there will be a place. and I think that people will have had to have consolidated. That's something we have no choice in doing. Um, it may we may come back much smaller in a different way in a different guise um, and that's all I can hope for really that we will find a way um, to re-establish and I think people will work in a different way you know they will learn how to reduce overheads I think we've all learned one thing is that we probably need a lot less than we thought we did before um, I think that means you know personally and in terms of business um, and I think we will be Smaller. I think thing, things will be condensed automatically when we come back online because there's no other way of doing it. Um, and I hope that with the knowledge that we've got and the fact that there are very few people um, who do what we do, that there will still be a place for us. Um, it's just finding a way to survive until, mm. until things do come back online.
0: There will certainly be a place for what you do in the the, uh, the future, for sure. That is uh, for certain, Karen. But as you say, it's just a case of being able to see out the interim period. And I certainly hope that industry operators such as yourselves will be able to do that. And I actually think just given how thought-provoking it's been having you join us on today's programme, I'd love to welcome you back onto the show at some point in this next year, just to see how things are coming along. And hopefully there will be some good news to share. I really do hope so.
1: Thank you
0: so much. I've thoroughly enjoyed your company on the air today, Karen. It's been wonderful hearing you come on and share your views. And it is something that does need to be heard for sure. And most importantly, until we do touch base again, please do take care and stay safe with everything still going on. And that goes for everybody at Le as well. That's very
1: kind. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me.
0: I'd also reiterate that message to all of our listeners tuning in. Do please continue to look after yourselves and be considerate of others because it does make a real, real difference in saving lives. Coming up next on today's programme, we'll be handing over to Matthew O'Neill for his exclusive interview with former Education Secretary and incumbent Leaders Council Chairman, Lord Blunkett. Lord Blunkett is a politician who enjoyed a distinguished career despite being blind from birth, having held numerous senior positions in the Cabinet of Prime Minister Tony Blair during his uh, prem- premiership, and also holding um, and also serving as the MP for his Sheffield, Brightside and Hillsborough constituency for 28 years during that time. He was elevated to the House of Lords, Lord Blunkett, in August 2015, when he was anointed Baron Blunkett of Brightside and Hillsborough, his old constituency. And I do hope that you enjoy listening just as much as Matthew relished the opportunity to speak with him. That is coming up next. Lord Blunkett, welcome.